peoples of the worldwide federated internet. What is good? So I know it might be hard for some of you out there with everything going on. If you're like me, if you're like an information junkie, I wouldn't necessarily call myself a news junkie per se, but I do pay attention to the news. But if you're an information junkie, just like information, you're paying attention to a lot of things going on. You might be inclined to be discouraged. I had a good conversation with my what a good, good broad mind, Pete. He always has a positive attitude and a positive outlook about things going on. Now, it's not a, a pie in the sky. What what he referred to as, I'm using his phrase, he coined this, I can't take credit for it, hopium. So it's not hopium, right? It, it's, it's, it's not some unfounded hope in in something working out that may never work out. But his his faith and his confidence truly is in God's will, whatever that may be. And that, that was that's really refreshing to talk to somebody like that. And I encourage you, as hard as it might be, as much as you might be inclined to not do it, not necessarily that you don't want to get to your Bible, read your Bible, study. The world might be falling apart around us. Uh, we might get to a point where simply believing and owning and having a Bible might be a problem. Uh, there was a time where that seemed like a conspiracy, but as we draw closer and closer to things happening throughout the world now, again, let, let me let me back up before I finish this statement. I'm not one of these people saying the end is here. This is here. That's here. Whatever you believe about prophecy, whether you post-trib, pre-trib, rapture, all that, that's that's not that's not my point. Sometimes I think we get so wrapped up in that stuff that we we kind of work ourselves up in a frenzy about end times. I'm trying to figure out how to say this without being without being mean to a certain crowd. Sometime I believe the end times focus is actually done by many lazy Christians who just don't want to walk out their faith. And the easy thing to do is say the end time is here. So it's, it's time to, you know, uh, put put down the javelin, stop fighting the fight because the end is coming. We just need to sit here and wait. And that's actually not it. We're in this world. The Lord Jesus Christ, when, when talking to his disciples, said, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. There was no stipulation in there that if you feel the end times is coming, you lay down your sword. Right? We don't know when the end is. We don't know when exactly it's coming. We should always be prepared. How are you prepared? Well, you have on your full your your full armor of God. You're walking with God. You're separated. You are walking out your faith. 
your your desire is to live and walk with God and to see people saved and receive the truth. This is not the time to lay down your sword. And sometimes I believe the end times focus people who hyper focus on end times put down their sword and go, well, it's the end time. So we might as well just, you know, there's nothing we can do. No, there's always some you can pray. You can walk with God. You can you can seek to to be effective however you can delivering the truth in the time that you're in do not lay down your sword anyway why i start with those long monologues sometimes i have no idea but we're getting to the book of exodus chapter 19 and verse 1 let's get into this all right so i actually got my video up today <laughs> so uh Excuse me as I'm looking off to my notes to the side. In the third month, when the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day came they unto the wilderness of Sinai. Now I haven't I haven't done this in a in a while, but you know, looked up the word Sinai. And if you if you look up the Hebrew word, if you have a, a strong concordance, it's actually it's spelled in a in a different way, the Hebrew word, but it's very similar to the way we we spell it as far as how it sounds in English. And in Hebrew, it's spelled C-I-Y-N-A-Y, Sinai. And of course, written out in Hebrew, it's completely different. Another topic for another day. Anyway, that word means thorny. So they came to the wilderness of Sinai, the thorny wilderness. Verse two, for they were departed from Rephidim and were come to the desert of Sinai and had pitched in the wilderness. And there Israel camped before the mountain. Now, it's funny. And a lot of times these these words and the meanings of these words do have significance so that word Rephidim means rest or stays or resting place. So they they left this place, Rephidim, which means stay or resting place and went into the thorny wilderness. I, I don't I don't think that's insignificant, but I won't get into the long details of that right right just here. Uh, and Moses went up unto God and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain saying, thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob and tell the children of Israel. So God is going to give Moses instructions to then relay and deliver to the children of Israel. Uh, verse four. Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians and how I bear you on eagles wings and brought you unto myself. God, again, taking the children of Israel back, reminding them what happened in Egypt and reminding them how he's the one that brought them out. And he didn't just so realize what he says here 
He says, and brought you unto myself. He didn't bring them out of the land of Egypt for them to just go their own way. It wasn't just for the sake of, oh, we're free now. We're, we're no longer slaves and we're no longer bondage. That, that wasn't it. I think this is very similar. There's very specific reasons things are said in the Bible, right? And, and this is very similar to the deliverance of a believer out of the world today, right? God did not enlighten me. God did not bring me to the truth of the gospel for me to just turn around and go back to what I was doing. That doesn't even make sense. What, what would even be the point, right? If, if, if I was just going to go back to what I was doing before I got saved, what is the purpose? What did I even get saved from? This is the thing. God saves a person and changes a person from the inside out. This is we're not supposed to return back to what we were doing, although that that does happen. Christian sin. I'm not saying Christians are perfect. Christians do things they have no business doing. Some people who proclaim to be Christians really don't believe the gospel, but they're really, truly people who believe the gospel and go back to lifestyles and do things that they have no business doing. This is not why God brought you out. In verse um, five, now, therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people for all the earth is mine. So first things, first things first, all the earth belongs to God, which means all the people belong to God. The children of Israel are not are not different people in the sense that they have some special thing that nobody else has. But here is the difference. They were supposed to obey God's voice, keep his covenant. And in doing so, they would be a peculiar people. That word peculiar, I'm, I'm kind of going to get into the origin of this word a little bit. So bear with me. Is from the Latin word peculiar, peculiaris, uh, from the root word uh, peculium, uh, which means one's own property. And that comes from the word pecus, which means cattle. All right. So the English definition of this word is appropriate, belonging to a person and to him only singular particular so god wants the children of israel set apart to be something different not because there's something so inherently unique about them and different in them from every other nation but the fact that they would be made different and that when they heard god's voice and they did what god said it would be clear and evident that these people are unlike anybody else unlike anything else and they're definitely set apart uh where is that verse six and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and holy nation these are the words which thou shalt speak to the children of israel so that word holy there is the Hebrew word uh, 
uh, Kadash. Now, I don't speak Hebrew and and I've never actually heard on a consistent basis Hebrew being spoken. So a lot of times I know my enunciation of these words is not necessarily correct. I'd actually like to listen to some Hebrew to kind of get voice inflections and enunciations and see how they actually uh, say these words. That word holy means sacred, holy, holy one, saint, set apart. They are to be unique, not unique in the sense that they're inherently unique, but in setting themselves apart and listening to God and doing what God told them to do. They would be completely set apart, something different from anything else on the planet. Verse seven and eight. And Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before their faces all these words which the Lord commanded him. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord hath spoken, we will do. And Moses returned the words of the people unto the Lord. So again, just just as happened in the New Testament, there's there's a lot of things you can see in the Old Testament that are types of what is to come, right? The 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 go-between from Moses to the people to God is a type of what Christ did on the cross. He bridged the gap between God and man. He mended that gap, and we now have a mediator whereby we can boldly come before the throne of grace, as stated in the book of Hebrews. Uh, but if you notice, there's there's elders involved, and he Moses speaks to the elders. The elders relayed a message to Israel. They tell the elders, right on, we're down. The elders deliver that message to Moses. Moses goes to God. Here is what the people have spoken. In verse 9, And the Lord said unto Moses, Lo, I come unto thee in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with thee, and believe thee forever. And Moses told the words of the people unto the Lord. So God is doing things to solidify and authenticate Moses' status and authority with him as mediator before the people so they know what Moses is saying, I'm behind. So whatever he's telling you, this is this is this is not a joke and this is not a game. You need to listen to what he's saying because my stamp of approval, my authority is on what Moses is telling you. And verse 10, the Bible says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Go unto the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow, and let them wash uh wash uh, their clothes that word sanctify there is very similar to that hebrew word used for holy so the hebrew word used for holy was kodash and this word is kadash and this word means to consecrate sanctify prepare dedicate to be hallowed be holy be sanctified be separate the key takeaway and these verses is the children of Israel was not supposed to be like any of the other nations on the planet. They were to be completely separated and completely unique from what was going on around them. Verse 11, and be ready against the third day, 
For the third day the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai. God is going to make himself known to the children of Israel. They are supposed to be separate, set apart. Not because, if, if you're paying attention, you will realize if you haven't already, it's not because they are so different and there's something in them so inherently different from everybody else that they're so special. No, what 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 made them special and set apart wasn't something in them. It was God and them adhering to what God instructed them to do. Very similar today, a lot of a lot of Christians get this backwards, right? A lot of Christians get this holier than thou attitude, right? You think you got saved, so now all of a sudden you're impervious and you're not like these people. No, you're just like everybody else. The only difference, the only difference, the only distinguishable difference is if you do what you're supposed to do biblically, if you, as as the Lord Jesus Christ stated, if you follow the two greatest commandments, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself, you will be separate, not because of anything inherently in you, but because you will be going against the grain. What you will be doing will be unlike anything the world is doing by far and large. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.